0: Hey, this is Nick Walters again with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest, and this recording of our webinar Wednesday is with our friend Adrian Zelski. Now, at the time Adrian uh, recorded this with us, he was with the Center Pivot Group, which has now been rolled up into Santa Fe Farms. And Santa Fe Farms is looking at a very diversified global approach to how they want to connect hemp growers uh, uh, to end markets, and they are involved in all aspects of it. And Adrian gives us an overview of what Santa Fe is about and uh, the different business models that uh, are out there. This is certainly one of them on the more corporate side, about how hemp growers may be integrated into what they are doing. Adrian gives a lot of good insight. Uh, He's a great guy, and uh, you'll enjoy hearing what he has to say.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Nick Walters uh, with the National Hemp Growers Cooperative. Uh, Welcome to our latest installment of our webinar Wednesdays. This has been a great thing for all of us to learn more about the industry and talk directly with people who are decision makers and people who are um, uh, uh, important folks and players as you might want to call them in there and today is no no less than that uh, of us having Adrian Zelski with us here and Adrian um, tickled to death to have you in live from the state of Colorado I'm assuming you're at your offices there and in, in Colorado F- that's F- right F- yeah all right so I that had the pleasure having you. visiting out there not too long ago what a great a great spot for you to go to work I'm super jealous because you get to sit and look at all these great big picture windows and have this beautiful view of the Rocky Mountains right outside your desk so uh that's a that's a lot better than what my view is right now so it's all all good so Adrian why don't you um tell us first off a little bit about you and how you got into this uh hemp game and then we'll talk more about Santa Fe or high grade hemp or whichever way you would like to go from there, and we'll and we'll we'll just learn more from you. And of course, anybody who's got questions, uh, feel free to put those uh, into the chat box, and we'll uh, we'll ask those as we go along. So,
2: okay. give us the yeah.
1: Adrian story, which everybody is pining for.
2: Thanks, Nick. And uh, hey, Nick, I really love uh, the way you you narrate and talk. You're from the South. I'm from the South, uh, originally from Georgia. So it really, it. Tickles my heart in the right right phrase but to have a southern to have a southern gentleman to talk to about hemp, and I've always wanted to have a big hemp uh, uh, placement in the southeast, and it's exciting to see that that start to happen. And um, yeah, so just to start off there, thanks for being a, a southern gentleman that, that's introducing hemp in such an eloquent way. And um, yeah, my name is Adrian Zelski. I am a principal in three entities: uh, Center Pivot Group, High Grade Hemp Seed and Santa Fe Farms now, of the like, Uh, Santa Fe Farms recently acquired both high-grade hemp seed and and Center Pivot Group. Um, High-grade hemp seed, uh, formerly known as HGH seed, was one of the founding pioneers of hemp genetics in the hemp space for CBD. Uh, We founded the strain Cherry Wine, Berry Blossom, uh, Chardonnay, Merlot, uh, Wife, Trophy Wife, um, and every other strain that sounds like a wine. Uh, pretty much. And that kind of, you know, you'll hear a lot of people saying they have those strains now, and they were pretty much copycats from our strains. So um, I started in the industry in 2015. I was a founding member of uh, International Hemp Exchange, which is also called iHempX, which is still a, an affiliate organization with all of our uh, companies. We we work closely together. Um, and I love the founder, Mike Liago, and International Hemp Exchange, great group of people. And, you know, we started doing supply chain stuff back in 2016, 17, when the industry was really taking off. We were working with companies like Elixinol, CBDRX, Bluebird Botanicals, um, you know, even Charlotte's Web on, in a remote way. And we're doing farming and supply chain solution back then. Uh, we even tried to make a online platform for buyers and sellers to connect and, and transact through our website. But the industry was a little too nascent for that. And it was hard to keep the quality control. So, um, did all that to kind of start the industry. And then 2018, I became a principal in high grade hemp seed because we were selling a lot of their seed. And uh the founder, Bodie Urban, asked me to be a partner and to come on board. So we invested into that. And I became chief business development officer for two years there exclusively, and along the way to selling 76 million seeds into the market in 2019, which was, you know, you know, five, ten thousand acres worth of stuff. You know, even fifteen or twenty. If you look at it certain ways, there there was a whole process of of learning how this industry is really going to unfold. And the one thing was that was the gold rush year. That was the green rush year. That was the first year of the farm bill, and everyone jumped in thinking they were going to make ten to twenty thousand dollars an acre, and learned kind of the quickly that that wasn't going to work out because the FDA didn't give guidance. And, the, and to be honest, there just wasn't proper protocols and and typical farming. Uh, regimens put into play to make sure that that was going to work. So, you know, 2020 started Center Pivot Group as a um, relationship company, a matchmaking company where we put high-grade genetics into farms with people and we looked for the back-end sale for those uh, farmers so that there wasn't that big question mark. And so along the way with that business plan, um, started a company called Santa Fe Farms. Santa Fe Farms uh, was a company that was uh, started by a gentleman named Stephen Gluckstern. A former CEO of, of reinsurance programs for, you know, Warren Buffett and and Berkshire Hathaway, and then ultimately Zurich Insurance and some of the bigger companies in the world, and he had built, you know, many companies to billion dollar acquisitions, and along the way invested into a couple hemp farms, became fascinated with it, and became a CEO of now probably one of the biggest visions in the hemp industry, in uh, Santa Fe Farms after, uh, you know, doing a lot of. Research decided that High Grade Hemp Seed and Center Pivot Group would form the core essence of Santa Fe Farm's uh, Farm Partners program, or basically something very similar to what National Hemp Co-op will be doing, is to put farmers together based on matchmaking and projects. So we hope to work with Natural, National Hemp Co-op on this too. And just to really form a company for hemp as a business, not just CBD, not just cannabinoids, but also looking at the industrial uses, uh, the food and grain, the uh, you know, the, the potential of being a uh, carbon sequester, uh carbon sequestration, you know, crop that we can farm all over the world to help with climate change and a lot of ESG uh, type uh, programs. So that's a long story short. I don't know if that was a good narrative, but uh, it's a great narrative. Know, yeah, and I'd, l- I'd love to pull up the share screen too on, on Santa Fe Farms. I think that could kind of help guide the process a little bit. Go right much.
1: ahead because you guys have got a lot of moving parts and I think that's something that our uh, participants and viewers would would enjoy knowing more about because there are so many different facets to what you guys do and and how that fits into, you know the industry itself It's had to evolve and being able to do various things and yep. and and pivot some, right? Um, based yeah, off of, of understanding what the market's doing. so Absolutely. show us more about this. This is great
2: okay cool yeah so you know i'm sorry if my uh, history is a little choppy I, No, and, it's I okay so but great. i just i wanted to make it quick there's there's a million stories in between there but uh wanted to make it quick and concise because santa fe farms is the ultimate vision now we're actually rolling all these companies together so these are the factions of what is going to become one big company called santa fe farms and santa fe farms is going to be a hemp as a business company we are going to present To the world, that hemp is not going to be a fringe product. It's not going to be something that needs to gain acceptance. It's going to be a major impact uh, player across the board, from you know ingredients to medical supplies to plastics to biofuels to you know paper alternatives to you know meat alternatives to to food source stuff. I mean, there's so much to the plant. So I'm going to run through this. Uh, You can kind of see we have an ecosystem that goes in a circular fashion. Based on genetics. Can I ask department? this,
1: Adrian, do you mind? Can you blow the screen up more, okay. I mean, so that we can see more of the screen? Because it might be a little, people like me that are a little squinty. I'm just wondering. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: there thanks. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. No, that's good. Okay, cool.
2: So, um, I'm not the best screen share. I'm not the best at this technology <laughs> thing. So, it's um, all right, it's all good. But, uh but yeah, so we start with genetics, high-grade hemp seed. Um, we have, you know, pretty much fortified ourselves as a cannabinoid um, company that has reputations of, you know, stable genetics and high-producing yields and high-producing um, cannabinoids from terpenes to CBD count to CBG. We have our own strain of CBG as well, um, and basically all the all the different cannabinoids we're constantly working on. Uh, we've got a CB st- C strain in the works. We've got, you know, CBDV strains in the works. Uh, we have autoflower strains, so we can do early harvest, that kind of thing. And then this is a benefit of joining with Santa Fe. This company right here, Agrobiological Technica, they go by ABT Hemp Biosciences, is one of the largest bioscience companies in the world. They're based in Costa Rica. They do genetic improvements for companies like Chiquita Banana and Dole. Um, they basically have You know, perfected the model for Chiquita, for instance, of getting uh, banana trees that do not have uh, the mold or pesticide issues and Chiquita buys exclusively from them um, to basically, you know, ensure that their products are consistent across the board. Uh, This is something we're going to be doing with all of our hemp plants from both cannabinoid to industrial side. Uh, and then you go from there, you got Santa Fe cultivators. This is our uh, farms that we own down in Santa Fe area uh, from Albuquerque to Santa Fe. We have about 520 acres under production. And this year we're doing that production strictly for industrial hemp. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. be doing it with strains for both uh, fiber and grain. And basically, essentially learning how to adapt the processes, and spec the markets that we're going to be developing. The first ones we're going to be doing are building materials, uh, pet bedding, and um, insulation. Uh, those are the first three that we feel have an end market that we can we can grow into. And then we're also doing some test runs with grain and fiber that will be working for the southeast, I mean, the southwest. And then ultimately, we're going to be doing some uh, crops in, in different areas around the country, such as Tennessee, uh, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, to, to basically start testing the idea of how to get industrial strains into our uh, program. Uh, We see it basically in 2021, we're going to be about 80% cannabinoids, 20% industrial. And then in 2022, we're going to be about 50% industrial, 50% cannabinoids. And then we think by then the switch will will have happened. In 2023, we believe that it'll be 80% industrial, 20% cannabinoids. And so, and cannabinoids always will be holding a very big, important part of the market share. But just the industrial use will be millions of acres, whereas cannabinoids will be in the tens of thousands. And so our farming program then goes into Center Pivot Group right here which is the farm uh, program that we basically have set up where we go and find farmers that we trust and believe in that we know have a uh, have the wherewithal or the 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 knowledge to farm hemp correctly for whatever the end use is and we're going to basically work with them on genetics putting them in the ground together um you know looking for the best growing practices, the best mechanics— har- you know, mechanics behind it—from you know, seed to cultivation to harvesting and everything under the sun—and then uh, look for the buying uh, of that product together. That's what Center Pivot Group's job is. HPLC is a company that does extraction and also consulting on how to process, basically from the, the biomass uh, or the, the harvested hemp into whatever finished product you're going to make. As of right now, we are consulting three companies. One is in Zimbabwe, one is in Thailand, and one is here in America. And essentially, those proof of concepts are going to expand. We're looking into Ecuador and Chile to basically set up programs where we are you know, advising companies across the world with what we've learned here in the United States on how to create your own ecosystem for farming hemp. Uh, into cannabinoids today, and then ultimately we'll be following all of our processes that we do into the industrial world the same way. So HPLC is that branch of things. We're also building a couple of facilities of our own, uh, one of them in, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is the uh, New Mexico star. We'll be building a processing facility for some of our own farms in the Southwest to kind of prove the uh, the concept of a uh, a more efficient system than exists today, what we believe, and and to constantly kind of grow into that. Uh, One of our big big bleeds is that we've really got to learn how to recapture the ethanol. Uh, That is such a big overhead expense for people in extraction, and it's also a very wasteful thing in the industry. So we're trying to learn how to reduce our our costs and our waste. And the New Mexico Star model we will also be building into um, processing facilities for industrial into the New Mexico Star are as well. It's a 20-acre campus right outside of Albuquerque, and it will be producing at least, you know, I'd say three to four million pounds of biomass into oil a year, and then ultimately in the processing world, we're going to do what our model is going to be with whatever we can grow within 200 acre, 200 miles of that processing plant, we're going to have a, a way to process into industrial systems, and we're going to start with building materials, like I said, and uh and go into other things as we start to learn how to spec those markets Uh, and then you've got rio grande analytics which is our testing facility that we acquired in uh, new mexico is one of the two approved uh, facilities in new mexico it is a cannabinoid terpene profile and also full panel testing facility that will set a model that we can put anywhere Once again, we'll be following this with our projects with HPLC often. So when we're working on Zimbabwe, Thailand, and uh, the one here in America, we'll also be implementing testing along with them. So they'll have that right there in-house with their uh, extraction or processing facilities. And then Santa Fe Brands here is a division that we are developing slowly because we know that branding is the hardest part. Um, Building a brand requires more upfront capital and more risk and more um, challenge than, than almost everything else in the industry, but it's also the most important. So we have it there. We in, intend on both developing our own internal brands and acquiring brands as well to basically bring into the system where we are the supply chain. We are the, you know, the team that's, that's formulating the the product and creating what we consider to be very high quality products. And then we'll also be acquiring brands that have already proven to do that. And then we'll bring them under our supply chain, um, methodologies. And then uh, last but not least, Sandesi Hemp Tracks is our data tracking system. So basically we're setting up a, a company that will be doing uh, both, um, you know, track and trace in, in the uh, standardized versions of, of what we have online, you know, that can do it with basic, you know, principles of agriculture, things where we're working with a company called MTech Systems, which does it mostly for the poultry industry and the swine industry for companies like pilgrims pride tyson purdue that kind of stuff and they are developing a hemp program for us to where you know from seed to sale we will basically have the tracking of when the seeds were put in what seeds they were then how they were germinated what their results were you know what the testing uh, protocols were throughout the farming season what kind of irrigation we used what the temperature was you know everything under the sun and then we'll really be able to learn consistently what the best methods are for farming, and then we'll be putting that into Sendesi, uh and tracks to be our uh, data systems that we control and own, so that we can really develop a strategy to build into Big Ag, and will be valuable to the big picture because we'll have years of data, and we're also actually going to put a lot of it onto a blockchain system, which ultimately, in the long run, will be something that we can really offer into the open open market for our clients and our customers, and say. Look, we're doing this at the highest level. It's open source. You can see everything we've ever done and it, that data can help you in, inform your decisions as a company. So that's, that's the ecosystem of Santa Fe Farms. That's what, that's what we do. And there's about 56 people all working together on it right now. It grows every day. We anticipate being a 200 to 300 person company by the end of the year. Um, and going for it on all levels. We're in the middle of a, of a high level raise, uh, something probably, you know, that the hemp industry hasn't seen yet. And that's a good feeling because that's what we all agree that we need to see is, is somebody with the wherewithal to to say, let's go for this. Let's not doubt this. Let's make sure that we do it right. Let's make sure we do it with with a buffer and with with you know people that are skilled and with a lot of learning under our belt. Let's build the hemp industry into something that penetrates the mainstream within the next three to five years.
1: My gracious, when in the heck do you sleep? <laughs> I don't know
2: how to say. <laughs> rarely rarely yeah 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 I learning <laughs> how to, I'm starting to get in the way if, if you work more efficient you don't have to it's, it's crazy but uh yeah that's, that's all
1: right well of course you know enough. as as I, I hear you unfurl all of that we my brain goes through several things that that we hope that we can continue to have our good dialogue about how the co-op can participate with some of the things that you're doing particularly. Along the center um, pivot spot, as well as, you know, as you start to <clears throat> do seed trials and other things like that for us to learn
2: gotcha. how we can
1: be a, a part of those things. Uh, yeah. So that's really cool. But help me. Um, my guess is, and this is a loaded half question, half statement. Okay. So just with, with that starting out yeah. is that to get to all of this ecosystem that y'all have created. You really could not have done that probably even a year ago, right? I mean, because what you found is, is where the holes are and where there have been problems and where there have been people who have not acted above board in the industry and realized we don't want to go there. That's not what we want to do. This is definitely something that needs to be done. And then looking at it in a holistic way, if it weren't for those other toe stubs and mess ups by other groups, I wonder if you guys would have been at the same place where you are right now.
2: (laughs) No, it's true. I mean, one of the analogies we have is is it's kind of like old school warfare, right? Like you have that front line. And, you know, like (laughs) they go in with their bayonets and they're screaming and, and, you know, and they half of them get shot before they even get to the to the fort. Right. And, um, you know, and then the next round comes in and you have to keep, you know, supporting each other. And the survivors, the ones that get in there are the ones that make the, you know, win the victory. And I think, you know, a lot of us inside of our inside of our company have, have got a lot of wounds, too. I mean, it was a really hard first four years, I would say. You know, even the success stories had had their challenges or their, you know, their their collapses. And uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be part of High Grade, which had a really amazing story in 2019. And in 2020, you know, we saw an 85 percent decline in our sales. And uh, oh. you know, when you ramp up a company to do something big and you can't follow it through, you really learn the hard way what what's necessary and what's the most important. So I think, you know, and I think what we've we've been gathering. Um, gathering teams of people on that same premise, like all the good people and all the ones that have the right intentions, you know, and had the right, you know, ideas and, and brilliant minds that are figuring things out in this industry. We're trying to match, make, and consolidate with them to really say, Hey, you know, let's not give up, you know, let's let the people that were just in it for the money uh, go away and let's get the people that, you know, are in it for the the potential of the long-term future, the hundred year revolution and the, Generational farming and the the long strategy uh, really come into this and, 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 you know, make it an American stronghold that we can then export to around the world. So, you know, it's been a really big blessing and a curse to be right. in, the, in the foundation of hemp. But if you stick it out, I think, you know, we're all going to feel really, really, you know, vindicated and excited about what we did. And the story, you know, I, my position in this isn't that I'm a brilliant mind or a perfect mind. It's almost just that I, I stay with it and I try to do it as well as I can. And I try to be as honest as I can. And that's, that's, that's what the plant needs. It doesn't need uh false promises or, or, you know, overnight millionaires looking at it in a way that doesn't really see the whole picture. You know, it's, it's a challenge. And in farming in general is really hard. And if anybody thinks that farming is easy, they've never been out there. They've never done it, you know, and they, you know, and and I think that the farmers are the young heroes of this, this country. And it's, it's been so good to try to give an option to farmers, but so sad to see it not work. So the really big opportunity now is to make it sophisticated, have groups like the co-op you know, come in together to say, look, this is going to be a well thought out plan here. Invest in this. Let's figure this out and we can all be successful because we're going to figure this out together. And I would right. just let you know for the audience here, you know, Stephen Gluckstone, our CEO and myself met with Nick and, and Stephen has still talked about you, you know, numerous times saying, okay, there's going to come a time where what he did and what he's doing is going to make the most sense. So we're excited to engage with you all and, uh, and see what we can do as a, as a, as a big company working with co-ops as soon as, as soon as that really starts to unveil.
1: Right, right. Well, just, you know,
2: we look forward to
1: it and we know there's some great opportunity to all of that too. So, and you guys are onto it in the right way. I mean, you know, we've, we've said from the beginning of, of the co-op, we have no intention of reinventing any wheels that are working. I mean, why in the world would we want to go do so You know, we would rather joint venture partner, find ways that we can all, you know, I mean, we'd love to be your customer, right? I mean, that's part of where you'd be able to say, Hey, we need this much hemp grown on this day by this time. And with this variety and, have it show up, and then you don't. Um, you know, you talk to one group and let us go out to our group. But I know we're we're not selling each other. We both have bought in, right? We both get the value of that, so that we we right. won't take the time to do all that. So let's look at some questions there. I don't know. Can you see the question that Michael um, asked here, which was, "What do you think is the least mature part of the supply chain for hemp fiber?"
2: Along that whole supply chain, what do you think is the least mature part? The the biggest question right now, you know, over and over, we have contracts coming in where people really want to buy fiber and use fiber for for very practical reasons, and and a lot of industries such as insulation or or particle board or even you know, um, you know, so, some things that hemp fiber are very useful for. They can't quite make the economics work right now because you know the yield. The genetics that we have usually yield between 15 to 20 percent fiber, and the rest is either bast or herd, right? In the middle. And and so the fiber, getting that out and decorticating it is an expensive process. And it's hard to there aren't if there aren't the machines aren't really there yet. Actually, we saw a machine last week though that we think is there. So I think there's there's some people in the world of of, of mechanical development that are fixing those co- problems, but you know, we for instance, we have a contract with a company that would do insulation. They would buy 1.5 million pounds of material, but you know that and that insulation stuff comes mostly from the the herd, right? And so the fiber itself, there's just not enough. There's not enough fiber to really create a marketplace because when you get paid. For fiber, it's not on the level of you know. If you have to, if it costs a thousand dollars an acre to farm industrial hemp, you're not seeing the offtakes make sense of that. You're seeing that you probably get two tons of hemp fiber per acre if you succeed in 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 the harvesting and the decortication, and you'll probably get two hundred fifty dollars a ton for your fiber. So you know that's five hundred dollars of material. So you have to find an offtake. For the rest of the hemp and so that's all coming together we know it's going to happen when we're trying to increase our genetics and we're even acquiring some genetics that have higher fiber content so there's a couple things the the strains that are grown here in america they don't have enough fiber as it stands today and then the machinery to process it into products are not really at the scale that they need to be to make it monetarily uh Effective. It's right there though. I mean, like some people are figuring this out and they're not giving out their secrets. I think you're gonna see a lot of fiber come to market this year that, that people didn't anticipate. Um, that's what you know, it looks like to me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and yeah.
1: and and part of it too is of course, this is another co-op plug. That whole idea about you know having to purchase decortication equipment is not something that you want to put back on the individual, individual grower, right? I mean, yeah. so when we can we can purchase. Um, uh, on behalf of several growers, right or a, a bunch of growers that that certainly makes it makes it better. But you know one of the things too that I I'm, I'm glad to hear you talking about the due diligence, one of the on the on the actual equipment machinery and we've got friends there just like you've got friends there, right? I mean, you've known folks way longer than, than I have, but it's the, the industry is not there for the consultant role, to help somebody say, let me tell you which is the best machine because the only folks that really know the best about the machines are the ones that are selling you the machines. (laughs) And so it's, you know, so venturing together with groups that are are saying, you know, we don't know the answer to this right here, but we've got this piece and we know we think this piece will match with this piece. And now this is the way that we make you do it. And of course, we got to do it based off of what the market says, right? I mean, so if the market Mm tells us, this is that we want, we want more fiber, less bass or whatever, then we got to think through what all that looks like. And um, so it's, it's, it's one of the both challenges. And one of the things that I think makes it uh, being a part of this industry, um, a really cool time to be in it is the one that are trying to figure those things
2: out. 100%. And I agree with you. And, And I think that, you know, when you look at a burgeoning industry that has such a potential, such as, you know uh you know oil in the 1860s to 1870s or you know the internet the 1990s and things like that there's major challenges and major things that can't be figured out without innovation and without some real you know um you know machine testing and, and people at the highest level figuring this out and and you know i think one of the great things and this is one of the things we found we have a, a constant uh you know specking team like specking this country uh Ukraine, Romania, China, where people have done a lot of hemp for years. France, you know, um, Italy. These people have done things. You know, they process for, you know, textiles or for building materials or for, you know, the the hemp products we see on the market today. They come from those countries. And when you see it, all of them have great potential, but none of them have the scalability of America, which is really fascinating. And what I think is probably going to become real is that a lot of the learning from those countries mixed with American ingenuity and American uh, practices is going to become the standardization. Uh, We're talking with a gentleman in Italy who's been harvesting fiber efficiently for 35 years. And, you know, this, 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 this idea that there's going to be, you know, 10 million acres potentially farmed of hemp in the United States blows him away, you know, in, in, in Italy, there's X amount you can grow. And so, you know, this, this whole idea, then another gentleman in the Ukraine he builds houses in Ukraine and he comes here and he's like, Oh my God, you guys could, you know, you, you could build, you know, millions of houses. And, and so I think that ingenuity from, from worlds that have been doing it and being open to doing that, like collaborating yeah. with people that have had the history and, and advancing what they're doing and then putting it into systems with people who, you know, design farm machines like John Deere or, you know, are or you know these these RMSs these people in the industry that that really set standards for you know combines and for you know choppers and and, and those things that we're going to need for the far, farming side to get those efficient and then the processing side is going to be the people that you know produced you know crude oil or produced textiles or cotton gins and all those people are going to put those thought process into place for hemp and they're going to be setting machines that are, are the industry standard. It's extremely exciting, extremely challenging. And it's going to be a lot of people who, you know, spend a lot of money and time and maybe fall on their face, but hopefully we can all lift each other up and support each other in that because that's what we need to do. You know, I, I see it as being a unified front. Unfortunately, this plant was illegal for 90 years. So it didn't have any, any forward movement um, <laughs> at all. So now it's breaking a dam. And, and that's, a, that's an analogy I use a lot is that CBD is like a leak in a dam, you know, and it's uh, you can see that it's cracked and it's starting to show some, you know, this, the the dam might break, but when all this industrial stuff, this is really going to break the dam, and and it's going to be up to us as as business people and and farmers and ingenuitive minds to really make it work.
1: That's what we think. You know, it's not it's not easy, but it is simple. The simple thing is just time and money. That's right? yep. <laughs> all. That's it's just yeah. that's all it is, right? It is. I mean, But uh, uh, uh,
2: but not having, having enough of, enough of it. Like J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, you know Henry Ford, uh, you know Bill Gates, you know Steve Jobs. Any any of those people without some serious risk capital never would have made what they did. I mean, you know, right. and one the one thing that blows my mind is thinking about J.P. Morgan, who you know really was an investment banker, and he just started like really investing into railroads and and oil rigs and. And transportation systems. And then all of a sudden he saw light bulbs with Edison. And he saw like, if you don't have those people out there, then you don't have a new system. And that that's what we need. And then you look at Rockefeller, who went through the whole challenge of the oil industry and then controlled it completely, got, you know, booked as a monopoly, but then he, you know, he went up, bought Exxon and Texaco and every so all those things are just, you know, they're a necessary part of business and and development. And you know, like he started his oil company on kerosene, and then when he found right. out his his byproduct called gasoline might become important, <laughs> then you know that that's what he did. I think that's going to happen with the hemp plant a lot. We're gonna yeah. think we're gonna go one direction, and it's going to get saturated or owned by a certain group, and then we're gonna find other products. So it's gonna be really fun. I think it's gonna be really yeah. fascinating. And, and We're finding it. that with our with our
1: um, as well as the other things we're exploring with our <clears throat> our. um renewable natural gas bio crude facility that we're, you know, it's kind of our seminal
2: yeah first big mistake we're putting in the ground
1: on all of that. And so all of the other things that can be derived in addition to what we need it for kind of that kerosene gasoline thought process uh, makes it even cooler. Hey, Michael uh, has got another question and Michael is always good for good questions. So, What about uh, all the R&D y'all are doing? What about graphene? Is graphene anything that's on your radar screen?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's in right now we have it uh, in its own branch under brands because um, we don't really understand where the science is going to go. But we do have a brand called Advanced Carbons. And essentially we're doing a lot of testing uh, with machinery up in uh, the Seattle area, a little bit south of Seattle. We're doing a lot of uh, R&D to really figure out what the consistency of the plant is when you when you incinerate it to that heat and you get it to where it can go, how to reform it. Uh, we're testing it against other materials such as wood and seeing you know, what becomes of that. We also have a biochar element that's really going to become important. So biochar and graphing, very good question, by the way. Um, we kind of see as the most important um, in, 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 in the unique fashion of where this whole uh, economy is going towards trying to regenerate the soil. Uh, Trying to replace, you know, things like lithium batteries for electric cars and for electric systems. We think it's going to be very important that we create uh, graphene through all this. And and the the model, yes, we are absolutely going for it. Uh, We have someone pretty much working exclusively on it uh, with different incinerators and different machines. Um, There's certain ones right now coming online that probably will be way better than anything we've ever seen. So those are things we're basically going about to fund and. Put into our system, so yes, absolutely, and we'd love any inclusion from anybody who's got you know uh, uh, an inkling or or an itching to get into that. We'd love them to come in to play with us because that ultimately is one of the save the world concepts. You know, we want to, we have a dream to build a space elevator one day out of graphene. You know, so it's uh, you know, when when you go to peak vision, when you do your visioning, and then you see what it could do, but right now we just want to learn how to make batteries and simple conductors with graphene and see what we can yep
1: that's that that'd be a huge step right so it's not that's it's not like that's a like that's a small one one way or the other adrian how would um our folks get in best way to get in touch with you could you put that into the chat button yeah
2: yeah absolutely
1: there a little bit and just kind of put your contact info in there so if folks want to be able to yep want to be able to reach back out to you that that um and, and continue the dialogue then that might be because you know what you can spell zelsky a lot quicker than i can so
2: or correctly and then, <laughs> you know, and then you know i'm i'm i i have my email is center pivot group i'm the ceo of center pivot group um i run the operations of the farming and genetics side of santa fe farms and so that's really kind of you know my forte in 2021 I will be branching into the role of chief advocate for Santa Fe Farms after this year um we're going to hire someone for Center Pivot Group that's uh, more agriculture centered somebody who's more experienced with farms and has long history with you know logistics and 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 planning and and basic you know just farm knowledge on on a high level of industrial farming uh to come in and replace me by 2022 I'll be chief advocate, where I'll be basically doing a lot more talks like this, and really looking to build relationships and, and strategy to see this plant all the way to its finish line. So, love it, yeah, love it, love it. But today, okay. I, 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 yeah, today I, I kind of pri- pride myself on being uh, being somebody who's been in. I'm a veteran, even though it's only been six years. Um, I've been here as long as the industry has, and uh, oh. I love to spread knowledge. I love to talk to people that spread knowledge to myself. Um, I'm a great student and teacher in this world, so please send me anything. And um, you know, I'm all about the plant. I'm on this earth for it, so whatever I can do to help it get to its next steps, I'm here. So love it,
1: man. That's awesome. Okay, all right. Well, if there're not any other questions, and we'll probably we'll probably wrap up here. To do um, next week, uh, as a little preview, our agronomist, um, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Dave Cornett, is going to be on as our is our guest, and uh, he is going to give those of us who are non-farm and non-science people agronomy one hundred and one. What is an agronomist? Why do you care? Why do you need to have one? What do they do? What does that have to do with anything about what we do? Well, quite frankly, it's got a ton of stuff to do with what we do every day. And uh, without having good people on the uh, on your team, uh, you'll hose it up pretty quick. So. <clears throat> um, Dr. Cornett will be on, and we also have our full slate for May that uh, should be published and on our our website as of today for folks who want to participate in our future future webinars and and to be a part of all that. And Adrian, just as a thank you to you for your time and your willingness to do all of this, we are going um, to we'll make a, a, a small donation to the Friends of Hemp in your name as an honor oh, to honey. say thank you for what you do and what you've done for that. We think they're doing a great job to raise the bar for the industry and, um, where we can all participate in part of that. So appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. I got you. Look forward to following and watching what you're doing. Okay. Gang. See you next week.
2: Yes. Take care.
1: This podcast produced and distributed by MWB studios.